Welcome to the Grad School for Grown Folks podcast, sponsored by Dissertation Doctors. We specialize in serving leaders in education. We transform the writer and their writing. Check us out at dissertationdoctors.com. Hey, are you struggling with collecting data because of the crisis? If so, this episode is just for you. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome to the Grad School for Grown Folks podcast. I am excited about today's episode. Look, today's episode is a geeky, geeky, geeky one. If you haven't been here before, I'm Dr. Tanya Vetter. Welcome to today's episode. So today's episode topic is unconventional data collection. Yeah, you see I hesitated when I said it. Yeah, you see I hesitated when I said it. Let me see if I can say it again. Unconventional data collection, right? So I was working with a client and we've been working on this for a while. And you know, usually when we are collecting our data, we work with our participants and we get a chance to meet them on Zoom. Most of people are meeting on Zoom now or in my case, usually my clients actually go to the location and they do their focus group or they do their interviews or the observations and all that good stuff, pilot study, all that, right? Well, since COVID has happened, things have changed quite a bit. So today's episode is actually going to focus on that. I was thinking about this um, and I thought it would be very, very um, helpful to talk about this change that I see happening with access to collecting your data. So today we're going to talk about unconventional data collection. And it's really not unconventional because if you look at Cresswell's book and uh, mostly, especially in, um, in Cresswell's book, and I'm looking at it now, the name of the book is Qualitative Inquiry and Research Design, the fourth edition. And he, he talks about the different types of everything in there, right? But one of the things we don't talk about a lot is archival data and content analysis and document analyses. And because of COVID, I think more of you are probably going to have to use this methodology. So today I want to share a couple of things with you who don't know much about this, um, about this methodology. So this methodology basically focuses on using other studies um, and examining and evaluating them instead of actually going out um, and having those real, real experiences uh, with your participants as uh, in being able to collect that data, you know, and believe it or not, let me tell you, it's for a lot of people, it's a lot more challenging I'm going to be, be very honest. It's a lot more challenging. And I, I remember telling 
I can't remember who it was, but I told somebody, I gave them that option. It was interesting because the first thing I was like, oh, well, what we would do is we would use the other studies and we would evaluate them, examine them, and we would we would do everything that we normally do, but but we would use artifacts to do it. And they said, oh, that's easy. <laughs> Until I showed them how we would do it. And they were like, oh, heck no. It's a lot more challenging in, in, in practice than it sounds in theory. Like seriously, it sounds really easy when you say it. And then when you walk step by step of what really has to happen, it is, uh, it can be a challenge. So let's talk about what it is. It's really, um, when we are collecting artifacts such as documents, uh, the interviews, uh, whether it's the focus group or the one-on-one interviews we do, it can be the observations. And then we actually have to build an in-depth picture, you know, and that is the part that has to be spot on, right? It can be visual materials. It can be all of that. But here's the thing. We have to make these things very clear in our writing. And so if it's someone who struggles with writing, this can be an issue, right? So here's the other challenge I noticed is that when you are only going by what someone else has written and then you have to turn around and write it yourself, that can be an issue, right? Um, So I think because of COVID, more of you are definitely going to have to probably use this um, as a means. Now, of course, you do have Zoom and, and that's the thing. Now, I'm in Texas. So we are starting to come out and play a little bit more. But one of the things that I've noticed that I've heard quite a bit from educators is that they're so busy, you know, um, with the gap that happened because of the 16 months of COVID. Just, you know, everybody's schedule is so uh, it's just it's booked. And so even if we are back to you know, coming back online and coming back to the office. No two people can meet at the same point at the same time. So I want to talk about this really quickly. I'm not going to go too heavily into it. What I want to tell you is this. You can't compromise the quality of work when you do this kind of work. It still has to be detailed and rich. I want to say that, but I do see a lot of the studies going in this direction. And I do want you to have an idea of what, you know, this ethnography uh, type of of study looks like, right? It is going to be you taking a look at, I'm going to give you an example. One of the studies we looked at, one of my clients and I looked at the paper examined and evaluated 15 qualitative research studies in the field of education, and it had to do with technology. So this was an extensive one. Um, And to do this, this study um, had a table that had been constructed to represent a study, and it had uh, summaries of each study. So when you think about that, I want you to think about each component that a dissertation has, right? So this This paper had that. And on top of that, at the end of it, it did a comparison. So when you think about a design like that, you want to think about, I guess it would be the complexity of it. Because sometimes we think, oh, so I just have to say what that person said. No, 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 no. You actually have to do 
a comparison. And I love that you still have to find the themes and then compare the themes, right? And on top of that, keep in mind that if you choose this archival data and content analysis and document analysis, remember, it still has to be relevant and only relevant to your research questions and your theoretical framework. All right. So that's the other thing. Now, what I'm finding is if you're doing, um, if your study is a, um, like a program analysis, um, a program evaluation, I'm finding that this is a really, really a good option. This is a great option for those of you who are doing, um, program evaluation, um, particularly in technology. So if you're doing a program evaluation in the program evaluations that you're doing, like in technology, this is a really, really good one. Um, so this is a good idea for that. But if you're doing something that is very new and still in its infancy, you're going to run into some problems. And to you, I would say, especially because of what's happening with COVID, this is not the time to pick a topic that you're passionate about and you can't find any you can't find any um, articles on you can't find any data on you can't find any anything on this is not that time if you intend to graduate <laughs> okay this is not that time so that's what I wanted to share with you guys today um, I, I will make sure that I put the link in the show notes of the book that I'm talking about because I do think we're in a time now where some of us are going to have to pivot and case studies is going to be the way to go. I will say that if you intend to graduate, <laughs> if you intend to graduate and the other thing is because of COVID, some of the universities are, you know, who want to be a, a stickler with the whole, you know, five years, seven years, let me tell you something. I, I don't know about the other areas. I'm going to only say for education. The Right now, and we do a lot of research. Uh, we do, a, meaning we look at a lot of research, I should say. Let me clarify that. We look at a lot of research. Right now, the research is so stale in the U.S. Let me be very clear. The research is very stale in the U.S. right now. And so... Most of the stuff that we pull up is not even U.S. based. A lot of it comes from another country. So one or two things need to happen. Either we need them to loosen up on the five year in some of the um, areas or they need to allow us to use non-US based research because right now and then COVID just happened so that's we lost some time in research because of COVID like on some topics now if you want something like on cancer oh that comes up constantly but there were some areas in research that absolutely took a hit a hundred percent. So, I mean, that's just my rant because I'm just really frustrated because a lot of the areas in research are literally like they, they're not coming up with, you know, freshness. And it's just it's frustrating. So I'm telling you to say this. Some of you are going to have to use archival data, content analysis, document case studies as your methodology. 
And you want to make sure you get that um, Cresswell book if you don't have it. I don't know what edition it's in now, but he's it's it's amazing. Um, it's it's old as ever. We know that. And so, but it is going to be what I think many of us are going to have to use because of COVID until everything gets back to where our schedules look like they can merge back together again, right? So I hope this is helpful. Look, I do have a checklist. I'm willing to share it with you guys. I don't mind. If you need it, if you are going this route, I will give it to you for free. It's one of the checklists that I've created for my clients who use um, archive data um, in their methodology. So if you need it and you want it, I don't mind giving it to you. Just go ahead and send me an email. Uh, go to my website at dissertationdoctors.com and fill out the contact us and just let me know, hey, Dr. V, send me that checklist that you created for the um, archival data, content analysis, um, methodology, case study, whatever. And I'll be happy to share it with you at no cost. No problem at all. We are in unconventional times. And so I will gladly share that with you, my friend. You guys know what I say. You decided to do this. So if you're going to do it, do it well. See you next time.